It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jeff Garcia, and you are listening to Locked On Spurs. Welcome to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And your San Antonio Spurs get back on the court later tonight as they host the Indiana Pacers for their first meeting of the season. It'll be the first of two, as you already know, East-West, you know how the NBA schedule works. Uh, but the Spurs are uh, coming in with a win, defeating the Lakers, the LeBron James-led Lakers, uh, in a thrilling overtime game, 143-142. And needless to say, uh, the day off was much needed, not only for you, probably for me and my ho- uh, my, uh, my guest, uh, Jim Lefko, is going to be joining me in a few minutes uh, what a long night it was for Spurs fans who stayed up for that. So let's go ahead and introduce my friend, my colleague over at News 4 San Antonio, uh, Jim Lefko. Jim, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Hi, Jeff. Good to be with you. Yeah, uh, did you finally catch up on your sleep after that long night? Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it's always uh, interesting the next morning when the uh, bleary-eyed Spurs fans uh, commune to uh, chat about what happened the night before, but it was definitely a more positive conversation with uh, with work colleagues yeah. after a victory than than after a loss. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad everybody stood up for a win versus a loss. And I think that would not have been worth it. Uh, lost person, I probably would have been grumbling the next day. Well, it, it's funny too that uh, when you win, all the positives are what everybody wants to talk about, and when you lose, all the negatives are what everybody wants to talk about. And I've kind of found that the opposite should be the case. Uh, the best time to uh, really learn and improve is after a loss. Uh, you know, to, to focus in on uh, what needs to be done, and then the same thing uh, after a win. It, you tend to get a little giddy over what happened, but there's there's some things you need to shore up after uh, you know giving up 142 points. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go ahead and uh, tackle the uh, main topic tonight, uh, this show, that is. Uh, that is the Spurs Pacers later tonight at the AT&T Center, 7.30 uh, Central Standard Time uh, tip-off. And uh, the Spurs are back at home. Uh, they got a much-needed uh, day off. Uh, they even canceled practice. So, or shoot-around, that is. So, um, yeah, the, hopefully the Spurs are back in uh, to full versus empty. But the Pacers are coming in. You know, they're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, they're windless on the road right now, and um, obviously the usual suspects, Victor Oladipo, he's going to be a handful. Don't know if uh, Sabonis will be playing, but he's been uh, a nice uh, young uh, uh, part for their uh, future moving forward. Uh, how do you see this game? Well, you know, the Pacers are still coming together, too, as every team in the NBA is, and, and you mentioned they're, uh, they're 0-2 on the road. Uh, gotten blown out twice, uh, lost uh, at Milwaukee by 17, and they're coming off a 20, uh, excuse me, a 10-point loss uh, against Minnesota uh, on Monday. So, uh, have not been a good road team, uh, and as we know, the Spurs are 1-0 at home. So, you know, on paper, this uh, looks to be something that would favor the Spurs. But uh, I wouldn't take Indiana lightly. Um, I used to work up yeah. there, and uh, the, the team has turned over from uh, three years ago when I moved here from Indianapolis. But uh, a lot of talent up there. Uh, you mentioned Victor Oladipo, you know, great acquisition from from Oklahoma City uh, in that uh, Paul George deal. 
he's a certainly an all-star candidate perennially. Uh, we've, we've had some uh, preliminary conversations about early season MVPs, and uh, depending on how things shake out, uh, he's certainly their best player. Uh, he would not be a Tier 1 MVP candidate at this point, but certainly Tier 2. Uh, he puts up, he fills up the stat book, and a uh, very exciting young player, uh, can score uh, with the best of them, uh, plays pretty good D, and uh, he's the heart of that team. Um, so it's it's got a lot of weapons. Uh, they've got, uh, I believe, five players scoring in double figures. Uh, Tyreek Evans, uh, Sabonis, Turner, and Bogdanovich. Uh, and they got McDermott off the bench. So it's a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Thaddeus Young, Corey Joseph. I mean, there, there's players that Spurs fans are familiar with, uh, Darren Collison at the point. So uh, it's a nice mix of veterans and younger players. Uh, you know, Miles Turner with his Texas background. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a fun team. Uh, they, they move it up the court like everybody does in the NBA, and I think uh, it'll be a good test for the Spurs tonight uh, as they figure out the, you know, all the pieces that are coming together for them too. Yeah, well, the Spurs uh, did go 0-2 versus Indiana last season, so hopefully the Spurs can uh, right that ship and get a W. Uh, you know, you mentioned about how Indiana likes to, you know, get the points up there. Well, you know, they also play defense. Believe it or not, actually a team that actually plays defense in the, this NBA season. They're averaging 108 points per game and allowing, I know this is like great for the NBA right now, at least defensively, 103.5. So they're doing a fang-up job on the defensive end. The Spurs, on the other hand, we know they're putting up points, but they're also allowing more points uh, than uh, adding. Uh, Jim, uh, your assessment? Well, the NBA is still shaking out, you know, with some of these new rules. I believe you posted, you're yeah. posting a story on the website about, uh, you know, how offense has kind of been exploding and. Uh, you know, so far, you know, a couple weeks into the season, we are seeing that. You know, the Spurs used to annually uh, shoot to, to try to, you know, average defensively under 100 points a game for their opponents, and they had no problem reaching that. This year, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, the new look NBA, uh, 110 might be the uh, the new 100, um, and, and maybe even higher than that, as we saw the other night in, in Los Angeles. So, uh, it's an up-tempo game now. Uh, you're getting a lot of a lot more uh, shots, a lot more possessions. Uh, I think fans are going to enjoy it. Uh, defensive purists might be the only ones that are uh, you know, scratching their their mm-hmm. their heads a little bit and wondering uh, is this my father's NBA? And the answer to that is it's not. Uh, it's a new offensive-minded uh, NBA that uh, values three-point shooting. Uh, you're seeing free throw attempts uh, and made go up. And uh, you know suddenly a 25-point point quarter uh, that used to be the average, obviously to get to 100, is 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 a lackluster offensive quarter. You know you're shooting yeah. more for 30 to 35. Yeah. Uh, for a minute there, I, I thought tonight's game was going to be held in the Hemisphere Arena. You know, uh, old ABA ga- uh, teams uh, playing at the rate of the scoring uh, has been we've been seen to start the new season. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know the Spurs. Uh, you mentioned it when we entered the, the show. Um, not you know they're, they're just scoring the ball, but defensively they're they're lacking, and obviously a lot of. People are pointing the finger at the lack of perimeter defense, obviously with Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Kyle Anderson, DeJounte Murray, you know, all not, some are not a spur and one is just shelved because of injury. People think this is exposing it. Is it really a such thing as the Spurs being exposed at that spot and guards like Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum just tearing up San Antonio? Or but, is it just the way it is in the, in the NBA? Yeah, I think it's a combination. Um, the Spurs, uh, in my opinion, got better offensively during the offseason and, 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 and did not go that way defensively. You know, They're not uh, the same team they were. So teams are always moving up or down, and collectively, uh, you know, maybe they're the same. Maybe that average is out. Uh, but yeah, I think they're they're not going to have any problem, you know, putting points on the board this year. We've seen that already. But the defensively, one of the guys we thought maybe would be a little bit more effective defensively was Jakob Pertl, and uh, he didn't play against the Lakers. Um, that was kind of interesting to me. You know, he went from starting to uh, not even being in a rotation. 
Um, so they're still figuring out who they've got. Uh, they went with Cunningham, uh, who is a, a strong defensive player, and ended a nice job on, on LeBron as, as well as anybody can do on LeBron. So it looks like uh, his minutes maybe are going to be increasing. Uh, but some of this is going to be situational, you know, as they look at matchups. And uh, there's no LeBron James on the Indiana Pacers roster. Um, so maybe we'll see a rim protector like Pirtle, you know, get more time and, uh, you know, as they continue to shift and adjust to uh, who they're playing on a given night. Yeah, let's talk about uh, the Pacers. Um, we mentioned Victor Oladipo, uh, another high-scoring guard. Um, we saw what, we, as I mentioned, Lillard and McCollum did to San Antonio. We saw what Kyle Kuzma did to San Antonio. Um, are the, do the Spurs uh, perimeter guys, do they have their hands full again? Well, and it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know, you would probably think uh, somebody like DeRozan is going to get uh, Oladipo duty. And as we know, DeRozan has been uh, scoring at a pretty prolific pace, but uh, defense is not his strength either. And Oladipo, uh, he fills the stat sheet. You know, he's he's not only scoring uh, about 22 points a game, but he's a great rebounder, uh, about six a game, and a really good passer, uh, three a game. So, you know, this is a guy who does it all, and uh, he's – you know he's the the soul of that team, and uh, if they can slow him down or at, uh, at least you know get him off his game a little bit, maybe push him out a couple steps further than he wants to be, slow his drives to the basket. Uh, that's going to be a key. Uh, but they've got a nice front line too. You know Sabonis and Turner and Bogdanovich. I mean there's there's some talent there. Uh, you know across their front line, so that'll be an interesting match of strength versus strength because you know as we know Aldridge is off to a really good start as well. Um, so we'll see how he does against uh, against their big men. Uh, it's a little saltier uh, uh, front line than the, the Spurs saw against the Lakers, uh, who basically you know had one big man. So it's going to be a different set of issues. It's, it's Eastern Conference basketball, which back in the day used to mean uh, maybe a little bit more you know slower and lower scoring. But I don't think you can use those words to describe uh, either conference right now. One thing that I've been seeing the Spurs uh, do outside of putting up uh, numbers on the scoreboard is they're very they're very good at valuing the ball, Jim, this season at least through three games. Uh, as of right now, they lead the league in assisted duration three to one, and it's not surprised through the first three games where they have under uh, double-digit turnovers for the game. I, I mean, talk about valuing the ball. Yeah, that is interesting because you would figure, you know, intuitively that if it's faster paced and uh, they're getting up and down the court quicker and they're getting more shots up, that uh, you can assume that there'd be more turnovers. And uh, again, it's it's a little early in the season to conclude, you know, anything definitively. We're only a week and a half, two weeks into the season, three, four games, depending on the on the schedule per team. But it's a nice trend. Uh, you want to keep uh, turnovers low. Um, the Spurs traditionally have been a low turnover team, uh, but that was more of the veteran, you know, star-laden lineup that they used to have. If this team that's uh, still getting to know each other can keep turnovers to a minimum, that's that can only help them uh, moving forward. Yeah, it, it's kind of difficult to you know put a gauge on this uh, Spurs team or the Pacers, uh, considering they only have well for the Indiana four games under their belt and San Antonio three. But uh, early indication is this, you, you know, it's kind of obvious, but. Um, you know, you shoot the ball well, you're likely to win. And so far in the two wins that Indiana has had, um, they won them both. Uh, 2-0 when they shot, shoot over 50%. So, again, I guess I'm circling back to the Spurs defense. You know, uh, so far so early, you know, you hold Indiana under 50%, you might have a shot at beating them. But Spurs haven't been able to do that with teams. Yeah, right and that's, that's, again, it's an adjustment for Spurs fans because not only were we used to seeing a, a good defensive effort mean the team scoring less than 100 points against the Spurs, but uh, that also meant uh, that they would be shooting less than 50%, well under 50%, and uh, we're not seeing that at this point in the season. So the two kind of go hand in hand, but I agree with you. If, if they could hold Indiana to, to under 50%, that, that certainly helps the Spurs' chances. But, you know, that's easier said than done. And if you go back to that first quarter 
uh, that the Spurs had against the Lakers the other night. The Spurs couldn't miss, and you know the Lakers looked like the worst defensive team in the NBA. Well, by halftime, uh, the game was even. Law of averages kicked in, and uh, yeah, you're not going to shoot 60, 65 percent uh, over the course of a game. The key, though, is to uh, maintain that defensive intensity so a team doesn't get off to a start like the Spurs did the other night. And I think uh, you know all coaches value that. I'm sure that uh, Coach Walton gave <laughs> the Lakers a nice pep talk before the Spurs game Monday night. Uh, but uh, you know that kind of thing happens. So you know, the same thing to watch tonight uh, when the Spurs, you know, face off against the Pacers. You know, who's going to get off to that quick start, and then can they sustain it? Because uh, there's nothing more fragile in the NBA than a huge early lead. Um, sometimes I almost think that's a negative for a team. If you get up by 15, 18 points, you know, late first quarter, early second, it almost seems artificial because you know the other team is going to come back. But uh, I don't think you want to get down against the Pacers, uh, who probably figure to be, you know, primed uh, to get off to a good start tonight too. Yeah, and at the fact too that they're winless on the road, you know, they probably want to get. Um, that off their back to pick up their first road win. Uh, Jim and I are going to continue our chat on tonight's Spurs uh, Pacers matchup, but we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back and I am joined by Jim Lefko, my colleague over at News Force San Antonio, who, who's, who has the unenviable task sometimes to actually edit my work. I, I, you know, I, I opened up a, a Pandora's box there, and but no, I'm, I'm kidding, Jim. Thank you for your help. <laughs> but uh, Jim, you know, as far as tonight's contest, it's it's almost kind of a check mark on the box. We know what Demar Derozan is going to give San Antonio, you know, points and lots of them. But if you're looking at some guy on the court that really needs to step it up tonight against Indiana, who would you be looking at? Well, uh, I think the guy who's in the hot seat and has been every game this year has been Brent Forbes. And uh, we saw a really nice, uh, you know, Forbes explosion uh, against the Lakers, you know, hitting some nice shots, uh, just playing with confidence. Uh, you know, his game really seems to be rounding into form. Uh, he, he's scoring about 15 points a game. Uh, and it's, it's just been nice to see. So now that, uh, you know, he's, again, proven that he can play as a starting point guard, you know, filling in for the injured players, he can produce offensively. What's he going to be able to provide defensively? Um, because that's, to me, what's going to keep him on the court uh, and keep him in this role, even when some of the other players that are injured return. Um, you know, DeRozan, as we mentioned repeatedly, is a great offensive player, but the defense is not his strength. So can they, can they afford to have that DeRozan-Forbes backcourt where they're both, uh, you know, maybe under average when it comes to defense. And, and that's the area. And it's not a lack of effort. You know, I don't think anybody that's, that's watched the Spurs through the first three games would uh, would criticize the effort. Um, you know, Forbes is a, is a hustler. He's, he's working his, his tail off out there, both ends of the court. But it, it's not necessarily always about effort. Um, you have to have results, and that's going to mean uh, not being exposed. And uh, some other point guards uh, have exposed him to this point. And uh, he's going to be, you know, coming up against quick guards every night. You know, this might not – this isn't a team with uh, an elite point guard, but, but Collison's uh, effective. He's quick. And, uh, you know – it just comes down to Forbes staying in front of him, not letting him take over a game, and uh, at least making it work on both ends of the court. So at worst, it's a tie, um, and, and that's, I think, what he needs to strive for. So keep hitting those those nice uh, three-point shots, give the Spurs another option on offense, and play uh, salty defense, and, and that's all they can expect out of him. Yeah, um, you mentioned the uh, 
article that I'll have, at least by the time this uh, show goes up uh, on the Spurs Zone, we can find at News Force San Antonio and Fox 29, sanantonio.com, as well as uh, Jim's work as well. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge has been loving the one-two combo of uh, Mills and uh, Forbes on the court together, and basically he just says he loves that they give them some scoring, some much-needed buckets. Um, how have you been liking that combo on the court? If LMA is liking it, maybe you might be liking it too. Jim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Patty's a he's a pro. Um, you know, look at it, look what he did. You know, to basically, you know, hit the game-winning shot against the Lakers at the end of that uh, that marathon overtime yeah. game, and uh, I thought it was neat that the uh, the ball round up in his hands. You know, we have Patty doesn't have thousands of game-winning shots on his resume, um, but they have confidence in him hitting that that mid-range jumper. He shot it with confidence. Uh, Again, he, he knows how to you know move really really well without the ball. Uh, I think you're you're seeing that the uh, the rules that have uh, you know made offense uh, more uh, productive this year are helping players like Mills, who's constantly moving and cutting and, and getting open looks. We've seen him get a couple of backdoor layups because he's uh, you know such a, a constant perpetual motion machine. Uh, and his teammates know to look for him. You know, DeRozan's found him on a couple nice cuts. Gasol always is looking for him. So. Uh, you know, he, he's developing a, a nice consistency with that second team. And then, as we saw in L.A., he's on the court to, at the end of the game. Uh, and as I've said before, I'm not sure how important it is who starts. It's usually more important who finishes. And if um, you know, if Pop is confident with uh, with Mills and Forbes on the court at the end of a, a game like he was in Los Angeles, then uh, that's, that's a nice pairing uh, to see what they can do because mm-hmm. that that's, uh, presents quite a challenge for opposing teams because you know, you're always going to have Aldridge and DeRozan out there and Rudy Gay. Yeah. So you know, there's five different guys that you almost have to game plan for in a, in a last-second uh, game-winning type situation. In the last uh, lockdown Spurs, I, I talked about um, wanted to see LaMarcus Aldridge get going a bit. Uh, more into his fight, at least finding his groove. Um, you know, in the first game versus Minnesota, he misses some shots and he normally make okay, chalk it up to uh, rust in the beginning of a new season. Kind of saw a little iffy shooting from him in the second game, but in the uh, third game versus the Lakers, he exploded. You know, 30 plus points, you know, double digit rebound, uh, you know, was pretty much a rock for San Antonio. But if you look at his numbers, Jim, so far, uh, 50%, 51% of his scoring um, is in the paint, while 22.9% is from the mid-range. Would you like to see a little more of a balance there, you know, to see him maybe knocking down that little mid-range shot? Sure. You know, you want him to – and I think you'll see even more of that as he gets more comfortable with DeRozan, although I, I think they were pretty comfortable from, from day one. But, you know, they're both right now shooting about uh, – DeRozan's at 44%, uh, Aldridge 45% overall from the field. So, you know, for DeRozan, that's a good number. For Aldridge, you know, it's a little under what uh, he probably is going to, you know, get to once he uh, regra- reclaims his groove. But uh, I, I don't worry about a, a veteran like Aldridge. Uh, he's, he's been in the league long enough now. He knows where his spots are. The other team knows where his spots are, and he still gets the ball there and hits it. And, you know, from 18 feet in, uh, you know, I, I like uh, when the ball's in his hands, uh, you, you got to think that the percentages are, are in the Spurs' favor. So no concerns about Aldridge. Um, you know, maybe he could finish a little stronger, but uh, his rebounding has been solid. You know, he put up some big numbers there too. So, again, we're three games in with a, a new cast of characters uh, still learning you know, where their spots are on the court. So no concerns for me at all with, with Aldridge's game. Uh, I think he's uh, he's been the workhorse that we saw last year. Uh, he knows he's got a wingman and DeRozan to share the scoring burden with, and I think you're going to see these two guys, uh, you know, going for 20 almost every night, uh, both of them. And that, that's nice oh, to know yeah. that uh, you're going to start each game with, you know, between 40 and 50 points from your two big scorers. And if you're trying 
trying to get to 110, let's say, that just means the, the rest of them are responsible for maybe 55 or 60 points. Um, so it's it's a nice duo uh, to have, and uh, we're not uh, used to seeing the you know this kind of pairing. We you know we were worried a, a couple of years ago how the the whole Kawhi uh, Lamarcus thing would yeah. work out, and now we're finding that the next iteration is Demar, and, and it's really working out w- real well with those two together down down low and high. I mean, talk about a one-two punch, uh, Demar and uh, Lamarcus, um, just really uh, you know being those type of threats, one inside, one outside, one slasher, one guy who can protect the rim, one guy who can crash the boards. Um, but, uh, you know, speaking of DeRozan, we know he can score that and much more. But, my goodness, when did he become the next coming of John Stockton? Jim, uh, <laughs> <Yeah, that's... laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, 14 assists to lead San Antonio in the win versus L.A.? Yeah, that that was nice to see. Uh, you know, just I still think uh, the more he can drive and kick, you know, because he, he he attracts so much attention defensively, and when he penetrates and gets past his man, uh, you're seeing defenses collapse on him. And of course, that's only going to open up uh, shooters on the outside, and that's where you know, somebody like Forbes uh, or Bertans, who's just sitting out there at that three-point line, or even Gasol or or Aldridge occasionally from three. Uh, Rudy Gay, you know, all these guys are going to get open looks because of the attention DeRozan gets, and uh, that's probably been the biggest surprise for me this season is to see. I knew he was a good passer. I didn't know he was a great passer. Yeah. And uh, as he showed against the Lakers, 14 assists uh, for a guy who's not really the point guard. Although, again, I think we get caught up a little bit in in positions, and I would argue that DeRozan is is playing point guard-ish. You know, when he's out there with Forbes, uh, they're they're kind of both, uh, you know, sharing the ball. But you're seeing the ball in DeRozan's hands quite a bit, and uh, I think he's. He's running the offense, and it's going through him, and he's probably going to emerge as, as a, the undisputed team leader for assists, uh, at least if the yearly you know indications are through three games, and that's great. Uh, he's finding guys in spots that uh, they can really produce. Uh, he's probably responsible for you know a huge number of, uh, of Aldridge's baskets just because of the uh, the way that he can find LaMarcus. And, again, the more they play together, I think that's only going to uh, become a, a better connection. Uh, and it's already off to a great start. Yeah, I guess he wasn't kidding when um, he said he's coming into the new uh, season with San Antonio with a chip on his shoulder and recently said he's letting his dark side out on the court. I mean, he is really bringing his A game to San Antonio. And, you know, you have you recently wrote an article uh, about a former Spur, Kawhi Leonard, uh, being heads above the rest, at least right now, uh, the way he's playing as far as league MVP. But a lot of Spurs fans have been giving you some pushback on social media saying, are you forgetting about DeMar? I mean, Jim... You're obviously not forgetting about DeMar, are you? No, I think DeMar, if, if the Spurs win 50 to 55 games, uh, contend for a division or conference championship, uh, and he scores at a 25-point-per-game pace, he's definitely in that conversation. Uh, my yeah. point with Kawhi is that I think the path to uh, supremacy in the East is much easier than the path to supremacy in the West. And if you're not on one of those elite teams, it's harder to get the national attention. I think Kawhi's going to get it because uh, if he continues to play at the pace he's been at, uh, Toronto figures to be one or two in the East, uh, really other than Boston. I don't see anybody that's going to knock them off and, and the way Toronto started. Uh, and if mm-hmm. indeed uh, Kawhi has his tendonopathy behind him, I think he's going to be in the conversation all season. But uh, yeah, DeRozan, the start he's had, uh, if he leads the team uh, the way he's been mm-hmm. doing it for you know the next six months, sure, he's he's definitely in that conversation. And as I noted in my article, uh, I would have given it to LeBron as the early season, you know, the preseason MVP candidate. Yeah. And all he's done is start 0 and 3, and uh, shown uh, you know what it's like to to join a new cast of characters. So he has certainly slipped, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, I'd give DeRozan a, an arrow headed up uh, with the way that uh, mm-hmm. he's led the Spurs so far through three games. He was nominated for the NBA's uh, Week 1 Western Conference Player of the Week. Uh, that honor went to uh, Denver's uh, Jokic. And, uh, but, uh, you know, that just goes to show you that uh, DeMar is on the NBA's radar. They, they're seeing what he's doing in San Antonio. And 
hopefully that'll uh, only improve. Though my only concern, though, Jim, is as of right now, he's well over 35 plus point uh, minutes uh, per game. You figure some way, somehow down the road in this season, Pop's going to see that and say, okay, you know, you need to bring it back down a bit right now, uh, Demar. Yeah, well, I think the numbers, yeah, the numbers are skewed a little bit too because of the, the small number of games they played and yeah. the fact that the uh, Monday's game went to overtime. So, you know, had you taken that extra five minutes off there, maybe it's down a little bit more closer to what we're used to seeing from from Spurs stars. But I agree with you that uh, Pop's not going to play him uh, anywhere close to 40 minutes a game uh, as the yeah. grind hits. Uh, I think uh, as you start to see some back-to-backs. Um, you know, you might see the minutes come down, but you know, this week's schedule. You know, after tonight's game, uh, they don't play again until Saturday night against the Lakers again. So, yeah. uh, you know, I could see uh, depending on how his legs are, uh, all the team's legs after that uh, flight back from Los Angeles, you can see some good minutes tonight from the star players. And then with you know all those days off uh, to rest uh, for the Lakers again Saturday, you know, again maybe we'll see some big minutes. But as you know, even though they've stretched out the season and tried to, uh, you know, minimize the the toll on players, it's it's still a grind, and uh, they, yeah. they're, they're still going to have some stretches where they're playing four games in a week and jetting in different time zones and uh, that's when you'll see the minutes come down and, and we'll see if DeRozan is one of those players that uh, gets a rest game here or there you know we've yeah. seen it before with star players you know Aldridge certainly will be a candidate for that at some point not too long and, and maybe DeRozan will be in the same category where they just uh, give him a night off to, to rest his, his legs and his body all right so we're going to take our second break but when we get back uh, it's time to put it out there who do we predict will win tonight's contest stay tuned The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we are back. And once again, I'm joined by Jim Lefko, my colleague over at News 4 San Antonio. You can follow him on Twitter at Jim Lefko and uh, read everything he has on Silver and Black over at the Spurs Zone. You can find at News 4 San Antonio on Fox29SanAntonio.com. All right, Jim, Spurs, Pacers, first meeting. Spurs are on a little two-game skid versus... uh, Indiana, how do you see this uh, game going down? Well, I'm not a big believer in looking at the history from previous seasons just because of the way, you know, lineups change. Uh, there's a certain yeah. player for the Spurs who wasn't here last year, DeMar DeRozan. So uh, I think the fact that the, the Spurs are at home, they're undefeated here, Pacers are on the road, they're winless. Um, I think, uh, you know, this one uh, on paper anyway goes to the Spurs. And uh, yeah. uh, the way the, the Pacers have not been that competitive on the road at the end of mm-hmm. games, uh, this might be another one where, you know, maybe the Spurs get a chance to do the opposite of what they did to their fans yeah. in that overtime game against uh, the Lakers and, and put this one away a little bit earlier, but uh, I like the Spurs' chances tonight. Yeah, for a minute, I thought the other player you are referring to was Joffrey Laverne. Yeah, no, that was not here in the Spurs. <laughs> you know, how powerful I miss old Joffrey. <laughs> yeah, he's, I liked him. Uh, he, he provided a little spark off the bench, but I guess he's, he's taking his talents uh, across the pond. So, yeah, uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah, good luck to you, big Joff. But all right, for me, yeah, I'm going to go with you. Um, I see the Spurs. Uh, picking up the W later on tonight at the AT&T Center. I think it, it, it's going to – obviously, I mean, it's not hard to say. It's going to be a high-scoring game. But the uh, Spurs, uh, I, I just think they have that little extra gear in them right now. They got, uh, on paper, a better team, a better squad. DeMar DeRozan is playing out of his mind right now. LaMarcus seemingly getting uh, back to that LaMarcus feel, you know, after what he did in L.A. And, and I think Brent Forbes is looking a little bit more comfortable 
Uh, we're seeing that he's not necessarily the primary ball handler at times. Yeah, he starts as the point guard, but it's almost a like point guard by committee, and I think that helps him with his confidence. So overall, yeah, with the uh, Indiana's road woes uh, so far this early season, I see San Antonio uh, moving to 3-1 and one on this season. But Jim and I, we're done talking. We gave you our predictions. We want to hear what you have to say. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone or email me at JeffGarcia74 at gmail.com. And uh, Jim, take it away. Well, uh, hopefully listeners know where to find me by now, but if they don't, uh, on Twitter, at Jim Lefko. And uh, as you mentioned a couple times, uh, they're welcome to read our, our stories on our websites. Uh, I've tried to, I'm writing a column once a week um, to try to get people uh, thinking maybe a little bit differently uh, than they might have otherwise about the Spurs, but uh, they can always see those stories on, on News 4 San Antonio website and KABB as well. So yeah. feel free to, to read us there. Yeah, and you know you want to read his Kawhi Leonard um article <laughs> listeners i know you do I, I just know you do because you're so embrace them and by the way did you see that embrace between parker and danny green uh when they met yeah that was time? a nice yeah. that was a really nice moment and as, as everybody's noted on twitter uh, where was the embrace between uh, Kawhi and tony and uh, I, I joke with someone i go that happened back behind the scenes oh, of course, <laughs> he didn't want yeah. he didn't want any publicity for that one but i'm kind of kidding uh, i'm guessing that there probably was not a big embrace but between those two uh, I'm, I'm suspecting you know that parker probably told danny to tell Kawhi that his hugs are 100% better than his hugs, so <laughs> something to that effect. But uh, but no, it was yeah, it was great to see two former Spurs embrace, and uh, after all the battles they've been through in San Antonio, once a spur, always a spur, as they say, Jim. Well, for most of the experts. Yeah. Well, yeah, for <laughs> not, most. not for everybody. Yeah, we, we can lump in there Dennis Rodman probably as well. But True. <laughs> all right, but uh, with that, for Jim Lefko, I am Jeff Garcia, and we're gonna put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.